Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. That's been all. And joining me through Discord, it is my partner in crime. It is Joshua, Gangsta Time. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? Hello, friend. What up, everybody listening? Yeah, uh, we have no Edgelord Big News Brian today. Playing that in his absence, though. But, you know, he'll be back next time. Uh, we're a little late. Usually record this show on a Thursday, but you know what? It's cool. Uh, we're making it up to you by doing a kind of a mega episode. We got not only the chapters that we missed from last week, but we're doing the chapters that came out literally just today on viz.com. So it'll be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think this is the most current we've been, but yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, let's get right into it. Definitely prayer. one of the most current I've been. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm fresh off of the manga. Thank goodness there's only three, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a gift and a curse in a way. <laughs> uh, yeah, good problems, right? For sure. Uh, let's get into plugs because we actually got a big show today. Uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? JD Cole underscore 37. That's on Instagram as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian, I got a Twitter also yeah. at NY Chilling. Yeah. But, uh, three N's. Uh, three yeah. N's and an E instead of an I. Where the... He's, he spells it so. weird. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it out. For it's you guys. Um, You can find Brian, who's not joining us today, but I'm still. Uh, plugging him. You can find him at b.esp on Twitter and Instagram. Also, follow his stream at twitch.tv slash its punchline. Uh, I think he streams video games on there. Tactical RPG. Uh, uh, wait, tactical shooters, I think. Yeah, is his game. Is his jam. He plays League of Legends. You know, if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, he's, he's a very fun person to actually watch play. Uh, you can uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us on Twitter, especially because we do a really good chapter of the week poll uh i have the results from last week but not this week because we're just doing the show today but i will everything's gonna be pushed over to the next show in terms of that so uh follow us on that cast your vote i'm gonna put up the poll later today maybe after we record this episode and i will drop the results on the next episode but we will reveal last week's winner this week uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. Or if you're watching on YouTube, drop us a comment. Uh, we love hearing it. Uh, we hear a lot from uh, World Trigger fans. It's really nice to get that uh, that that uh, response back. Uh, I think I feel like we're the only one of the few people who talk about World Trigger. So it's nice to ha- be tapped into that community. A gift been a curse. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, comment, uh, email if you have any thoughts. Uh, and while you're at it, subscribe to our YouTube channel, wherever you're listening. Uh, it would be super cool. Uh, if you also subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, if you prefer the audio versions of the show, uh, whatever you're feeling, I'm into it. All right. I think that's enough for plugs. Let's get right into the show proper. Uh, we are going to start with... Bloody Cross. One Piece. This is One Piece chapter 1018. Jimbe versus Who's Who. Uh, this was last week's chapter. There is no One Piece this week, unfortunately. But luckily, we get to talk about it regardless. Um, so let's get into it. This is, uh, is Jimbe versus Who's Who. I got excited at the title itself because immediately I was like, one on one fight. Let's go. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so. More of an exchange of information. But, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was a fight. I mean, they threw down. They went in. They threw down. They threw down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we start off with uh, the numbers, uh, the headliners and gifters of uh, Kaido's crew have turned coat. Not all of them. Some of them, the ones that were, uh, that ate some of um Otama's uh, melee dumplings that uh, turned them against that she can control animal people that way. Uh, it doesn't work on, I guess, like full human beings, but uh, animals and animal and zone fruit users to a degree, even if their smile are affected. Uh, and yeah, it's a pretty powerful ability. Uh, it's extremely useful to be able to turn coat your enemies. Uh, so if they're mostly animals, yeah, only if they're mostly animals. Which is convenient because Kaido's mostly animals at this point. Uh, Zeus is also like, can I be your servant too, Nami? And Nami's like, what do you say to sidekick? And that's actually kind of better than servant. That's that's an elevated position. And uh, yeah, Zeus is hype. He's out here lightning bolting people. Um, we get another scene with the CP0 who are just nonchalantly watching this. Uh <laughs> They they basically break down the numbers that um, because of all the casualties and all the turncoats, uh, it is now sixteen thousand versus nine thousand. I believe the straw hats are the nine thousand side, uh, and Kaido's crew is obviously sixteen thousand. Uh, but apparently, the CP zero don't even give a shit about this battle. They're not really here for that. They're actually here to confirm the death of one particular person, and it is who's who. Actually, they're here to make sure he dies here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so sly yeah um, but and they're not even worried because like who's who can damage the government in any way it's just a bad look that he's alive and out there and that's why they're coming out to kill him so they put a buster call on, on a person <laughs> yeah, on a whole human on one human being uh, and that's a racing yeah cause, cause he, uh, he knows he, yeah he knows shit um, Bad luck. Speaking of the devil, we cut back to that battle. Uh, it's who's who and Jimbei going at it. Um, Jimbei is basically like, so you're saying you hold a grudge against Luffy? Is like, well, technically my grudge is against the man who stole the gum gum fruit. Red haired shanks that we already knew. Yeah. Well, technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically. But you know what? Uh, Luffy was inherited both the gum gum fruit and the straw hat from him. So in theory, yes, I'm also mad at Luffy <laughs> Like, if I had to choose between the two, it would probably be Shanks, but Luffy's here right now, so. Um, yeah. Makes sense. I think that was actually very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, he also th- drops a sly comment against Jimbei. He's like, I'm surprised how quickly you can move on land, Jimbei, considering you're a fish man. And Jim- wow. So he's lame and he's prejudiced. Yeah. Well, I guess racist in this situation. Yeah, Jimmy's literally like, "Don't you know casual racism against fishmen is out of style these days?" Um, man, this chapter is great because it's basically Jimbei beats the brakes off a racist and it's pretty cool. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Uh they continue to fight and um at a certain point uh he starts to ask this question. He's like, "I've always wanted to ask this uh, to you. I've heard about a story from jail uh, while I was undergoing terrible torments. He laughed and told me to pray. And apparently he was told about this figure 
that slaves would pray to in the long distance past, uh, no, the sun god known as Nika. And he was just like, did he really exist? And Jinbei's like, why are you asking me? And he's like, well, because you guys led the sun pirates and you had former slaves in your crew. And what is Fishman history but the history of slavery? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And Jimbei got that that upset Jimbei. He did not enjoy that. Um so you know, he uh who's who unleashes a barrage of attacks on um on Jimbei and Jimbei fully armament hockeys up uh as he as he kind of just eats all of them. Um and who's who just keeps asking like pressing the issue is just uh and he reveals that the prison guard who told him the story of nika disappeared uh and he which led him to believe that even knowing about this figure is illegal to like or you could get disappeared for that shit the government doesn't really look highly of people knowing about this guy uh at some point after he continues to poke and prod his finger just snaps and uh, on the pure armament hockey of Jimbei. And uh, Jimbei grabs him with, his, he, he like sh- gives him a shark grip, crushes his yeah. wrists, kind of. And he says, I have nothing to say to the likes of you. Uh, and who's who tries to give him another like fang pistol, which are really strong. They eat through the ground and go through the floors, as we see throughout this chapter. Jimbei mm-hmm. just eats it to the face. It doesn't really even do anything to him. He just takes it, and um, he loads up his uh, Fishman Karate secret art. Secret art. Yeah. Uh, who's who tries to get away, but Jimbei caught him on his tail. Yasm's like stomped on his tail and prevented him from jumping away. And then he does his like one pound breakfast, and he's like, "If you're gonna run your mouth about history, unleashes his demon breakfast." And he says, be ready to wait for what you're stepping into first. As he oh, man. And uh, who's who falls back. And he is, I don't think he's defeated at this point, but he took a pretty gnarly hit there. Um, and that's where the chapter ends. Two-page spread of Jinbei unleashing this attack and telling him to shut the fuck up, dude. Um, I really like this chapter. Um, I, and I think like there's a lot... Obviously, the Sun God character is... Uh, very, very prominent. I feel like it's going to be of major importance down the line. Um, a lot of people are theorizing that he's, um, that he's Joy Boy himself. That, like, the Sun God? Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. Other people are saying that he knew Joy Boy in the same way that, like, Nolan knew Calgara. I think that's the prevailing theory is that they're, like, um, an inversion of those two characters from Skypea, you know, like the, yeah, yeah, N- Nolan, the liar, yeah, the, yeah, the, and, the big dude. And Kalgara from Jaya. Uh, that they're inversions of each other in that way. Um, I feel, yeah, obviously, 1,018 chapters in, Oda's still dropping just fresh plot points, I guess, to follow yeah, down the line. It, it was. I was like, wow, this is something brand new. Mm-hmm. And um, it did immediately make me think about Joy Boy as well. Mm-hmm. But it also made me think, like... Uh, Maybe this guy's right. Maybe it did have something to do with, like, the fishman, and maybe it was a fishman that was on the crew. I don't know if Joy Boy was a pirate. I'm going to assume he was. Yeah. <laughs> or something. At least he was, a guy, he was a guy at sea, and, you know, guys at sea, 
need a crew. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe it's a situation like that. Um, but I'm, if you don't mind, could you refresh me and I guess anybody else listening on the, uh, the, the Skype lore with Nolan and, and, and that, and, the, and what you, I forgot what you called it. Yeah. Um, Calgara, uh, I think. Calgara, yeah. No, yeah, that was a f- the flashback story of Skypea in which we learned the story of, uh, of an explorer known as N- Noland. Uh, he discovered Jaya, uh, which was known to be a city of gold. There was just like so much gold there. Uh, yeah. The indigenous peoples uh, were kind of like backwards in their ways of medicine and all this stuff. And they would just have these kind of like rituals of sacrifice and whatnot in order to ward off uh, these plagues that they've been having. Obviously, it wasn't working, but uh, <laughs> Nolan, being a doctor at the time, uh, healed like pretty much the whole village. It took him a while. Like There was a lot of like mistrust between Nolan and Calgara, but after Nolan basically, he destroyed a holy land because that was where their disease was coming from, is these rotted trees that were spreading these like pathogens in the air. Oh, so they had like a really big beef about that. But after Calgara actually realized that the trees is what they were killing, that was killing them. They kind of just they they made up and they became really good friends. And uh, Nolan left uh, promising to return to visit them again. But that's when they were shot up into Skypea and they never saw it from the the, the, the guys. Right. So I guess like that's the because if you look at the outline of uh of nika he seems to be kind of like a more um from way back in the day like ancient times primitive where uh you know and i think that's kind of like maybe the parallel they'll make they're making that's what some i've heard some theories about that uh i don't know i think it's uh interesting because and it, it is it does relate to jimbei because the sun pirates were you know are obviously connected to the sun to the sun god you could make that assumption. Sure. Uh, Fisher yeah, yeah, Tiger, yeah. you know, like made the Sun Pirates. He was a former slave. And he kind of did the same thing Nika did. He saved a bunch of, he like rescued a bunch of slaves. He was uh, a real life, I guess, incarnation of this legend known as Nika. And I don't know if the legend comes from him or he kind of took that legend to heart and made his, like crafted his pirate crew after that model. But. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of lore here. Um, we're getting a lot of endgame type threads popping up, and Nika's, I think, obviously one of them. Uh, maybe he is one of the natives from um, that island that was destroyed long ago uh, in the Void Century. I, I'm sure that one of the, that that group of people, that race of people, is going to be prominent at one point or another. And maybe this kid, this man is the Sun God, is the representative, one of the representatives of that island. Uh, I keep saying it's Kaido, oh. it's someone, it's Joy Boy, who knows? But that's one of them. So one last thing, well, on my mind, uh, it could just be the way he drew it, but it it almost seems as if he used Emperor Saki. Who did? When? Um, oh, you uh, the lightning Jinbei bolts. Jinbei and his attack. Yeah, by the lightning bolts. Yeah, so there's two reasons why. Mm-hmm. At first, the first thing I noticed was the lightning bolts, which I feel like you could write off. Like, you know, sometimes that happens, and mm-hmm. it's not so 
mighty and huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like how when Kaido was fighting the Luffy or whatever. However, he does stop his fist. Yeah. Before hitting him. And I see there's a, st- I don't know if that's people yelling stop in the background, but it looks like, I don't know. No, it's, it just, it's his fist stopping for sure. Uh, okay. And yes, it's very Ryu say, uh, Ryu Oahu. Yeah. And yeah, he could very well have Emperor's Hockey. Emperor's Hockey isn't necessarily uh, constricted to captains. And Jinbei was a captain at some point. He, he certainly was. I mean, he's 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 very wise and regal anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? Emperor's Hockey is a weird thing. It's not... It's it's. I don't know. I wonder if they'll ever explain how people acquire it. You can't... Well, in theory, like, everyone has hockey to a degree like every single person but you know only some people have more of an affinity towards it um some people have an affinity towards emperor's hockey specifically i think emperor's hockey itself is more rare than armament or observation you know i think anybody could game those two but emperor's hockey is a little more exclusive uh and there's obviously a mystery behind what hockey is and that's probably also going to be a thing down the line um but yeah, I think it makes sense that Jinbei would have it, and it's not like he's like uh, same level as Luffy esque or or Kaido, where he's destroying things maybe to that same degree. Maybe there's like also varying degrees of the mastery of Emperor's hockey. But yeah. In any case, I love this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this, yeah, this is really cool. Newest member of the crew of the of the crew gets his first one on one fight first. I appreciate that. Um, this probably isn't going to be the end. I think this is just like a cool moment, middle of the road. Um, I don't know how many chapters they'll really focus on Straw Hat's individual battle. Maybe they'll get two at a time, which I don't mind at all. Um, but I'm very excited for what comes next. It was it was sad to have it off today because uh, I wanted to see what happens next. We'll be back next week with One Piece. Very excited. Um, do you have any thoughts uh, before we move on to our next series? No, that's it. Hell yeah. Very excited. Hell yeah. Uh, let's do it. It is time to randomize. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia Chapter 319, Friend. Uh my Hero Academia was off last week. We got it back this week. Um, this chapter, last we left off, Midoriya was kind of getting overwhelmed after being in a battle with uh, against civilians, essentially. And he's not trying to hurt nobody. So he was like falling back to figure out how he's going to get out of this one when Bakugo came in and saved him. And this entire chapter is basically explaining how that came to be. Uh and we cut, it's basically a flashback chapter. We cut back to a few days after uh, Midoriya left UA. And uh, everybody's just kind of reacting to the letter he left behind for all of them. Uh, the entire Class 1A is like gathered around conference style uh, just to kind of figure out what to do next. Uh, and they kind of figure that uh, Midoriya left with Hawk's best genus and Endeavor because none of them are really answering their phones. Uh, and Midoriya also coincidentally disappeared. It, it feels too coincidental that all this stuff is happening. So, you know, they think uh, that's what's going on. And Bakugo, knowing uh, Midoriya better than anybody, he knows that Midoriya is taking it all on his shoulders. 
and you know there's no way that he wouldn't be able to resist tiring himself out and killing himself to save everyone else so they basically are asking like what are we going to do now how are we how are we going to get in touch with the to confirm this and um Uraraka stands up and he's like, Endeavor's a UA alum, right? Then let's force the issue. And uh, a few days later, uh, Endeavor is approached by the entirety of Class 1A. Uh, and base- and the principal's like, sorry, man, I heard the children out. And you know what? They were very determined to have this meeting with you. So I'm always open to change based on the facts. I'm like, you go, principal. <laughs> Helping out the kids. Unless it's a sinister plan because he's a betrayer. <laughs> oh my god. It would be heartless if he's the betrayer at this point. Um he's like, yeah, listen to the kids. Uh, yeah. Where's me to react again? Mm, I mean, I think he would know. Oh, you don't know? Okay, I'll well, just bring him back, yeah. yeah okay. Bring him back. Don't worry about it. We got the shield. Yeah, get my... Barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. So we can Maybe get my little we'll, mouse hands we'll, we'll on. We'll be all right. <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> so no. they, I, I, they basically they, like Shoto comes up first he's like why are you ignoring me You, we said we'd stop Toya together and um, he's like Shoto <laughs> your willingness alone means the world to me and he, <laughs> he just like is like bullshit I mean like it doesn't matter to me I have to do shit <laughs> you know when he said that like that meant like that was supposed to like Make him feel better. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your feelings. We just got cool, Dad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, don't push the... Don't get too comfortable now. Uh, so, yeah, he he asked him straight up. He's like, you're, you're letting Deku operate with you and All Might, aren't you? And Endeavor just kind of stays shut. <laughs> and from there, you know, the silence says everything. Um, so, Bakugo really explains the situation where he's like, yeah, uh... In any other situation, it was the right move, but you don't know how absolutely wild Deku is. Uh, he's going to fucking kill himself trying to make things right if you don't let us help him. Uh, and Endeavor kind of just like pulls out his phone. I On purpose, he kind of just like allows the kids to steal the phone. Um, and yeah, they all come together. They basically take it and they're like, Midoriya is our friend. And we can't very well be expected to go smiling into the future knowing that our fr- friend is walking this thorny path alone. In a cool little page where they're all gathered together. Um, Endeavor's trying to talk him out of that, but he knows he... I think he, this entire time he knows that he can't stop them. That uh, And this is probably also the best move possible. Um, but the principal also explains, the, like, given that the villains per, uh, now pursue him and that he wished to leave UA, I authorized the team up. However, he's always welcome here. So get him back, you know, basically. Um, And Endeavor's like, what about the evacuees? There's still people who are going to come here. If they they know Deku's here, they'll just come. Um, But yeah, he's basically like, we fortified the school's uh, festival, the security system, and... I think it'll work this time. <laughs> well, don't worry about that. The security is really good here now. We fixed. We fixed the security. <laughs> just to be clear, I know you. I know you're just uh, entertaining 
by theory. But yeah, you're, you're not you're not on board with it. I mean, I it's, you, you think it's Kaminari for sure? For sure. <laughs> I don't think it's Kaminari. I don't know who it is, but you know what? I the way you present it, I don't uh, I don't think it's crazy. You know. I don't think it's that. He's just such a. um, Well, his power is that he's smarter than everyone. Like he's like a hyper intelligent uh, mouse thing. So this could be his little strategy. I'm telling you, bro. The fact that the fucking gnomes knew where it was going. True, could have still been one of the students. I guess. Ah, whatever. I'm just saying. Yeah. At this point, I don't think we'll ever know who the fucking traitor was. (laughs) They're not revealing it ever. But. Yeah, the mouse principal seems to. He seems to be the guy. He he could be the guy. I don't I don't. Well, we we need to um say we need to screenshot um that 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 uh that page of the chapter where it says there's a spy here and when they're talking about it and um just at Ko- what's his name Kohei Hero Coach. We're on Kohei. a basis with him now. Kohei Hero. Yeah, just Adam. Adam. We'll do it every day. Yeah, it's him, isn't it? It's this mouse. I won't say who. I'll just just to remind him, like you ain't forget about this, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's plausible. I, it makes sense to what your idea of that. He's just Lord, he authorized the thing. Yeah, he, uh, he authorized Midoriya having to leave, but he's like trying to fish him back. You know? Yeah, he sacrificed all of his developmental time to speed shit up. Yet we don't know who the traitor is. It's gonna. Be, oh, this better be a real big drop. If he had to be sacrificed to everything else. Yeah. I mean, they don't even talk about the spy ever. You Not know? even a little bit. They don't even remember. Like, never. Never. Which is fine. We'll get there. I think we'll get there. If not, who cares? The story's been moving along all right without it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but in any case, we cut back to the present. The entire squad is here, top to bottom. Uh, and they defeated... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Dictator. Dirty McCreasy. <laughs> Dirty Mc. <laughs> what do you call him? Dirty McGreasy. That's <laughs> a Dirty McCreepy. Yeah, Dirty McCreepy. So you know his his control has uh has dissipated from the civilians that he had hostage. They all disperse, and um they all approach uh Midoriya, and he's like, "Why? Why did you come here?" And like because we were <laughs> worried about you, you dirty. Look how dirty you are. That's why. He's a super villain here. Yeah. And uh, Midoriya just like ignores their their helping hand. They're like, I'm fine. So don't worry and get away from me. And Bakugo. Yeah, the whole entire class is there. Yeah, the whole class. Top to bottom. Even Ojiro. You got Ojiro there? Tail guy. Tail guy. Beware of the tail guy. <laughs> so yeah he uh bakugo is like wow real inspiring all hail the mighty inheritor for one for all but tell us this are you smiling now he's got like yeah uh and midoriya says nothing because he just puts on his shattered mask thing and um he's just says those smiles everyone's peace of mind those are the reasons i need to keep going so get out of my way. And he like one for all's up. And Bakugo can't wait for the smoke. <laughs> he said it's like, man, it's been a minute since I'm fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> days. Yeah. 
I got stabbed I, up 12 times and I'll still fuck you up. Let's go. Um, yeah, that was not that long ago. Yeah. And uh, it's pro- most prominent is Bakugo, uh, Uraraka, and uh, Ida just up front being like, all right, I guess we got to fight Midoriya now. Uh, uh, and that's where the chapter ends. I think uh, I really like this chapter. Uh, by the way, this is Brian's really good chapter of the week. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. He told, he told me to tell you guys that. This is his favorite chapter of the week. Um, what? It wasn't mine. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, am I being facetious? Not facetious. Am I being? Am I hating? I guess it was. I Me. Mean, well, tell me what you. Not think. much happened. Tell me what one. you think. We'll 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 talk through our feelings and we'll see where we are at the end. What do you, what do you, what are you thinking about this chapter? I know you just read this kind of, so you know. Yeah. It's, it's so kind of cycling in your mind, but let us know what you. What do you think, Josh? What is? What's on your mind, bud? What was your first impression reading this? <laughs> you could be completely honest. <laughs> my first impression was, oh my God, if Brian was on this podcast, he was like, he would have said this is one of the greatest chapters <laughs> he's ever read in his life. He says that every other chapter, that, every other week, honestly. I guess that's probably what led me to think that way. But that was my first initial response. Before I actually had feelings of my own, about the chapter, I thought about <laughs> how Brian would react to it. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's worth much. That means anything to you? Anyone listening? Yeah. I mean, Brian, I was, I don't know. If Brian were here right now, he'd definitely be like, this was amazing. <laughs> we miss you, Brian. Like, what are they, I don't know. What are they going to do? Are they going to beat him up? Is he as strong as All Might right now? Well, I know, I know Bakugo is going to beat him up, but... Are you going to jump this nigga? <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> jumping. drag him back to school. I mean, Naruto was going to do that to Sasuke. He came, basically came with a whole squad. Yeah, he did. He did, head. yeah. But he didn't actually get jumped, though. Well, well that's because he had five... Millions of shadow clones, but that's aside the point. Well, that's because there was five other dudes just holding everyone else back. He couldn't get jumped. It was just there for the drama, just in case. Which, yeah. hmm, a good thing they was. Oh, man, what a great arc. Sometimes I think about that arc and being like, damn, that was great. Um, oh, yes. First of all, uh, I I also really like this chapter. Um, I, if One Piece would have been my RGC last week, but there's no One Piece this week. So mm-hmm. I guess by default, this one was mine as well. Certified, Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. The big one. Listen, I mean, I I can't, I I can't ask for anything more than I what I literally thought would happen and kind of would hope to happen. You know, we got pretty much all of the characters are back and they're. Hopefully, I think this is probably going to be just like a show off of how sh- much stronger everyone else got. And this is going to be a little bit of a development as to how Oof. powerful certain people have gotten. Because there's a lot of people we haven't seen fight in a yeah. long time. So, oh, so you know what I think will be really cool? Hmm. If like Dictator didn't actually like get knocked out and he takes control of Midoriya. So it's an actual like, like he's fighting with him full force. That would you be know, interesting. Kind of raises the stakes instead of making this some cheesy 
Hey, friends. It's not going to get much more. This is our development right here. This is it. No. Here you go. All right, let me stop. I'm being very negative. <laughs> it's fine. I get it. Because I don't want to get my hopes high, bro. That's what it is. That's what I'm no. doing. I'm, You're very, I'm setting uh, the bar very low. You you guard your heart pretty aggressively when it comes to manga, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't really want to guard your heart. I'm very close to becoming a heartless. Yeah, for real. Mm. Like conceal the darkness. Yeah, I don't mind. I yeah, I think like this whole this whole saga with Midoriya just kind of like pushing himself uh, is it, interesting, and it it it's in line with what he's like, and you know. Yeah. And it's not just Midoriya because even the adults are just kind of putting this all on him. So enablers, yeah, they're not helping. You know, they're not like making it any less his responsibility in a way. They're they're like, please wait, don't uh, please wait, come back, kind of like. But nobody's forcing the issue that like, all right, you're gonna take a nap and take a shower. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one's <laughs> no one's holding him down. You know, except no one told him that for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we know that for a fact already. Yeah, but yeah, but this is in line with his character. Like Midoriya unchecked is very much like this. You know, he he always needed that. He's very much like Spider Man in that way. Spider Man, I don't think would have acted yeah. different. So yeah, it all makes sense in, in line of his character. I'm very excited because a lot of the characters that are here, like it would probably be good to get uh, Uraka and Ida specifically because they are. Deku's first friends at UA, like for real, like they're the original crew. They used to hang a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little point of development for all, all three of them to kind of knock Midoriya back into his senses. And I don't mind. I it may it would display some new powers. Maybe uh, Ida has been pulling more of his mufflers out of his fucking shin. That was a dark moment. You remember that when he, like you know why he remember when he had like the big mufflers now. It's because he yeah. just kept ripping them out and healing them and ripping them out again. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. It's not that dark. I mean, it's, it's no, no, no. It's not that dark. It's just like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. And hopefully, we get to see a couple of other people do cool shit. I don't know. Maybe Tokoyami. Tokoyami being there is a little overkill already. Like, I don't know what Deku think he's going to be doing. <laughs> he's fighting 20 people, it looks like. 20 of twenty of the best students of U.S. Ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pretty like, much. Um, so, yeah. It's gonna be, that's why I'm, I'm hoping Dictator takes him over so he kind of goes all out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he's going to be hard to handle. Yeah, I'm very into it, though. Um... Midoriya, uh, My Hero Academia is pretty great. Right. Uh, I, that's all I got to say about it. Um, you ready to move on, Josh? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, it's time to move on to our American comics now. Let's go on. Fuck yeah! The X-Books. Uh, we have four this week, which is, I think, the most we've taken on in a single week. Uh, but well, I guess it'll be worth it. Um, the first of which will be Children of the Atom, number five. Uh, last we left off with them, uh, the children of the Atom were taken by this evil science group, and, uh, they were gonna get evil science. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? You know, I don't to say it like that. I don't know, but I don't remember their name, that's why. I don't remember what their deal oh, is. Oh, fair enough. 
but I think they mention it. I guess. In any case, uh, this issue centers around the uh, day crawler slash nighty night crawler kid who uh, basically went out to get the X-Men for help when the children of the Adam were taken um, by Dr. Barrington and her army of U-Men. U-Men, yes. That's us. Yeah, okay, we're reading the same thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, alternate title name, Exposed Part 2. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Exposed Part 2, essentially. They literally on this next page, I was like, ah, I see. Yeah. I mean, it was already obvious, but this was... They already put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. This was putting the dirt over it and burying it and saying, don't ever bring it up again. <laughs> that they might be... Yeah, and that they might be... Matter of fact, don't bring these guys up again at all because after the next... Anyway, let yeah. me actually put that far ahead. Well, we'll get This is kind of there. a burial. Yeah. Uh, um... All right. Well, the X Men are here to save these children. Uh, there's a big battle scene where everybody gets to fight alongside their counterparts uh, versus the U Men. Uh, it's kind of nice, you know. It's like a little like nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we like this character, so it's kind of nice to see them, you know, fight alongside their heroes. You know, uh, they save the day. It's pretty fast. Like it's a big battle scene, um, and the ch- their, their battle ends with Cyclops being like. All right, so let's get to the point. <laughs> You're humans. We're not mad that you know you wanted to be mutants and you like uh, you posed as kind of mutants. It's fine, but you know now there's this Kamala's law that'll apply to you. Uh, the the government's not really keen on teenage superheroes right now, so you know it's pretty dangerous for you to do that. It's dangerous enough for mutants because we kind of have to be this way. But don't do this. Uh, go home. And yeah, fall back. You fall back, um, and you know the kids are all gathered out in um, in one of the kids' houses. Uh, they're kind of like, I guess, making up whenever they need to make up, and just kind of talking about the events. And they're getting together, being like, "All right, well, we got the we got the cease and desist order from Krakoa. Uh, I guess we should figure out what exactly <laughs> we're gonna do from there." Uh, C, got a C and D. Yeah. So. Yeah, so what to do? What to do? Yeah, everybody's like, I guess, I guess we gotta stop. And um, Jay and Marvel guy are like, Nah, fuck them. We could do whatever we want. Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, Carmen's like, I don't know, man. Maybe we should take a break because you know we have so many cards stacked against us with the government not really liking us right now, liking teenage superheroes or whatever, and. The X-Men don't want us, so maybe we should... And they're still kind of in high school. Yeah, we're still high school children. So maybe we should just stop. And then they get interrupted by a knock on the door, and it's Storm. She pulls up and is like, hello, I've come to speak to you you guys. Um, And they apologize. They're like, sorry, we never meant to misrepresent mutant kind. We were just... And Storm was like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, You're kids, and it's in your nature to explore identities. And to learn about yourself. So, you know, it's fine. Um, But I am here for a reason. And she explains that the Hellfire Gala is tomorrow. And she came to drop off the invitation herself. Says, young queen. (laughs) I am the almighty horrible. And uh, (laughs) I'll give you this advice. 
<laughs> bro, it's like you look at this panel, bro. Everyone's just like, oh, Whoa. and she's she's she is so. That's not shame on her face, or maybe it is, but it's only because of Aurora's radiance and and almightiness. Yeah. She just she's too close, so she couldn't look directly up. Yeah. You can see she she's, doesn't make eye contact with her at all. You know what? Not like, once. When in manga, they're like, "Oh, he's shining so bright, I can't look." Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like yeah. that. That's 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 a robo god of god of Mars slash Iraco slash I guess the Milky Way galaxy, yeah, right? I guess in the I guess the uh, self-elected the queen of the galaxy no she's the shit that's it she is the shit who doesn't love that's Storm? It. she came up she pulled up in the all white suit for real that's a lot of confidence i couldn't rock a <laughs> back <laughs> i'd be so afraid of just getting dirty in it i'd just be like ah i eat fries like an animal there's no way i can wear the all white suit <laughs> uh, so she came by to drop this invitation and um and uh, Thirsty McGlasses is like, oh, I thought only important people got invites. <laughs> and she said, and Aurora is like, oh, well, the gala's open to all mutants. And is like, but we're human. And Carmen breaks the news. She's like, that's not entirely true. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> and uh, Storm is like, Carmen Maria Cruz, Cerebro read your manifestation on behalf of Krakoa. I officially welcome you. And yeah, this is the panel I was talking about, by the way. I kind of skipped ahead. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about her radiant. I mean, look how bright that is. It's all emanating off of her. Yeah. I don't even think she eats food. I think she just absorbs rays, like, from the sun. Yeah, she's just... Like uh, photosynthesis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just photosynthesizes on Mars, I guess. Everywhere. Everywhere it's, she goes. The, it, this, the, the light always follows. For real. But yeah, she basically unlocks the whole thing. Is just like you don't have to live with us, but you know what? You could whenever you wanted to. Krakoa is always open to you and not your dumb little human friends. Uh, yeah, not those Neanderthal monkey friends of yours. <laughs> not <laughs> those, those inferior, <laughs> those inferior fools you call friends. Uh, <laughs> you can come over to our better than you land and. <laughs> the funny thing is, as many jokes as I'm cracking about Storm and we talking shit about, I mean, I generally agree with Krakoa. I mean, you know, I might feel some kind of way if it was in real life, but I get it. They went through bad shit. Yeah, no, it is sure. what it is. No, and, and Aurora really is the shit. I, I think I, I'm glad she's getting her flowers now. For real, no, it is funny um, how she's just like talking to her like the others haven't been wanting to be mutants forever, and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, okay, we'll fall back, I guess. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's been cool for you, Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, you know, like, uh, you, remember, you know how Smash Brothers, when you lose, and your character's, like, like clapping yeah, yeah. in the background? <laughs> all, the other four are just like... Like, yeah, great, great job, cool. Thirsty McGlasses looks happy, but I know inside she wants to, like, punch a wall. Smoldering. <laughs> Yeah, she's like being fake happy for her friend, but when she gets home, <laughs> she's she's like throwing all the things at the walls. 
Um, everyone else is concerned, except for Jay. Jay's like, I'm genuinely happy for you because I'm the youngest one here and I'm a child and I haven't developed real jealousy yet. But everyone else is like, damn, this is crazy. Um, and the next issue of Children of the Atom is apparently the last one. Uh, Yo, I, I see now and I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And... I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, I don't know if this was canceled or this is just as long as it was supposed to go. Um, but this is the penultimate issue. Um, it, I mean, obviously, it explains how uh, Carmen ended up at the gala. I think we all, me and Josh, we've. if you've been reading this series, you know that one point where uh, Carmen seems to have transformed into something. So that was obviously her mutant manifestation. But I wonder where her powers are exactly. Um, that's interesting. I... Uh, I come to like these kids. Uh, Children of the Atom so far has been just kind of... It's been a good series. Uh, it's a nice little mini-series if this is what it was intended to be. It wasn't... Um, in a way, I it makes more sense as a mini-series because I don't know how long they could have actually kept this premise going without the X-Men being like, yeah, you're not human. Uh, you're not mutants. So you can fall back. It, 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 it really, really begs the original question from even the first like couple issues, which is, you know what, I'm not even going to say it that way. It just makes me question, what was the purpose of this? We already know it was delayed. Mm-hmm. But even if it was delayed, it should still have a point. It should still have some type of device to the overall story, like a lot of these other comics did, you know? Yeah. Like some kind of role to play, some type of, or at least gimmick. That, okay, if you read this, you know why things are going popping off in X-Men later on. Or something. Uh, you know, you know how it goes in yeah, the yeah, American yeah. comics. Uh, but yeah. it just really just feels... I'm, I'm getting the vibe that this was just supposed to be like, this is Teen Titans, X-Men. Let's see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was delayed. And I was cool. I was with it. Yeah, it was delayed. I don't know... Um... If it, it, it's hard to tell because it's not like Shonen Jump where you can just kind of tell when things get canceled and when or when things end. So yeah, uh, unless you, uh, if you guys know for sure, like if Children of the Atom was always just supposed to be a miniseries or you know it just kind of got axed. But I don't know. Uh, as far as it stands, I think it was supposed to uh, explore the idea of identity and you know um, and. Uh, you know, identifying with certain things. Uh, and I, maybe because, like, it didn't last very long that it's harder to see the point of it all and how it ties in into the overall story. But who knows? Maybe these kids will come back in one capacity or the other. We know Carmen's going to be on Krakoa. Yeah. So, you know, maybe... At least for the party. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she'll pop up on New Mutants because she is technically a new mutant. Um... I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know the point of this. But we'll fi- I guess we'll find out down the line. Um, in any case, we we we're another X book down. Uh, my wallet's pretty happy about it. In all honesty, my wallet's like, yeah, <laughs> go g- goodbye. But Children, Children of the Atom was a fun little read. Uh, we'll we'll give more of a postmortem on it when it completely ends next time mm-hmm. we talk about it. Um, but I guess we should move on to our next X book, which is Hellions number 13. Oh, man. 
I know. I, I uh, Well, we get away. Let's wait till the end of the issue. Yeah, this was crazy. Like um, we're supposed to. If it's gonna happen, I'm not decided yet either. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, okay, so this issue. Last we left off with Hellions, it was the Hellions. It's not X Force. Let's spoilers. <laughs> Let's make this abundantly clear. It's not X Force. It's not bad. I'm just saying. It's definitely not X Force. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Hellions. Last we left off with Hellions, it was the Hellfire Gala. They were kicked out essentially for being who they are. Just these. Uh, I you know they have a lot of stink on them. The Hellions being former villains and. You know, if you yeah, it was violent for respect too. Yeah, some of them were. He still was hurt, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, while they were watching the fireworks, we saw this Mister Sinister in the background with stitches on him, and we were like, "Who the fuck's this one?" And uh, we get a little clarity as to who it is. But we do open back in Arizona uh, about a story arc ago. Uh, they went to this old Sinister lab, I guess. Oh no, no, no! They went to um, this old weird science laboratory to find in uh the spaceship or whatever of the nanny um and they come across these sentient kind of or pseudo sentient ai robots known as the smileys uh and nanny takes one of them uh and and it's revealed here in these opening pages of hellions that uh the one that they took is actually a mutant ai uh yeah after the way they got out of that story is that okay all right yeah you go ahead finish yeah the way they got out of that story oh you go for it why not all right let me just this is real quick um i didn't know that didn't know it was a mutant Mm -hmm. but i also just want to technically remind you that he wouldn't be the first machine mutant because technically warlock is a mutant yes um what do you call that technarch yeah for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah. this is like... Um, Pseudo-phalanx. Basically. The way they got out of this arc is that um, they basically infected this whole system with a virus. And that virus kind of gave birth to like this mutant gene within this AI. Uh, and and that's the little baby that Nanny took, is that mutant, uh, is that mutant AI. Uh, so these hating scientist people... We're like, let's call our super guys uh, the, the Zeta team. Are super racist. <laughs> super white, white supremacist. That's got to be the worst part about living in the Marvel Universe because when people are racist, they're usually super racists. Oh, hardcore. Strong, I mean, super strong racists. <laughs> I mean, you know, actual real America is still probably top five is yeah. on the list if you even include fictional oh, for stories. Sure. For sure. Because the real stories of America really really bad still but yeah even to say that it's like you know yeah no but the marvel beats it out only because these races also usually have superpowers as well (laughs) yeah 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 that's exactly it's you know it sucks yeah but yeah they're they're gonna go hunting for this mutant ai so they're gonna be i guess the next villain group that the hellions go after um so, is it just me, or is this robot baby super adorable? <laughs> you see the little grin? It's a little weird to me. I'm not... <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, it's kind of adorable to me. I'm not, like, crazy about it. It still creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> it's got too big... Of- I think Nanny is the one that's more creepy than the fucking baby. It's like, what are your plans? What do you, what do you want with this, this fucking 
fucking baby. baby. <laughs> you fucking robot egg. Uh, and, you know, they're just chilling. Uh, the Hellions are in the meanwhile while Nanny's taking care of this AI baby. Um, they're just chilling, hanging out, riffing. Uh, Grey Crow tries to pull uh, Quanon inside and talk to her about this, but she's really kind of in a bit of a conundrum because she's kind of loyal to Mr. Sinister. He has something that she wants, so she has to do whatever he wants in order to get her daughter, his daughter back, essentially. Or her daughter back, essentially. Yeah. And in order to do that, she's already had to do some shady shit for her team without them knowing. So she's she's trying to keep them at arm's length so she wouldn't have to continue to hurt them uh, at one point or another. Uh, at the same time, uh, Peter, the orphan maker, is is has found the AI baby, and Nanny goes off on him. Uh, he's just like, I wasn't. Yeah, she black. Yeah, she really just yells at him, and and I feel bad for orphan orphan maker. Just like, oh, I'm sorry, and she's just like, shut the fuck up, you stupid, stupid boy. And I'm like, oh man, it's rough. Orphan maker's just crying in his metal suit. <laughs> when Grey Crow comes around and hears him crying and trying to kind of consoles him a little bit he's like hey you want to clean guns and he's like yeah <laughs> let's do that um, we then cut over to Mr. Sinister he's uh, you know working with Mastermind about you know the secret clone lab that they have now in Arcade's former lair um, and Mastermind's basically like all right, I'm doing too much right now. I'm on X-Corp now. I'm on a whole nother book, uh, and you have me doing all this shit. So, you know, I, I need you to make this worth it. And Sinister's like, yes, 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 of course. Uh, kind of shoes him away. And he's about to go have dinner by himself uh, when it turns out the, uh, the evil stitched-up Sinister is waiting for him and has already eaten all his food. Um, and Probably drinks some of his wine, too. Damn. Yeah. And this is where it's clarified. This is the sinister that um, that went off with the Hellions during Ten of Swords into Amenth, uh in order to steal the Ten Swords from uh, the Arakan forces. But they failed miserably after running into uh, the the bad guy group led by uh, Tarn the Uncaring, uh, and it, that that group ended up killing the Hellions. Uh, except for I, I think like most of them. Yeah, most of them. But and this clone of Sinister uh, was said to have died, but he turns out he survived, and he's here to confront Sinister and all the shit that he pulled there. Um, and as they con- as they start fighting, uh, the Hellions just get called in to find out what's going on. Um. And Sinister's like, oh, just in time. Clone Sinister's like, just in time, my Hellions. You don't remember me? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, obviously the Hellions actually don't remember how they died in that battle. So, uh, yeah, you know, you're right. They did all die, but not all from time. Yeah, some of them made it through. And then the and then Sinister had the remaining people killed on Krakoa. Yeah, he shiced them pretty hard. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Uh, but yeah he's like uh, they the other Hellions are actually kind of confused the ones that died in uh, on uh, were killed by that sinister 
uh, are kind of like, what the fuck happened? And um, main sinister is like, okay, I sent you all to the other world with a clone and you all died and I hate that. But how is it that this clone survived? What betrayal allowed him to escape? And clone sinister is like, ha, I never escaped. No one escapes. And um, <laughs> this is when, oh my God. Okay, so main sinister is like, what? And he's like, I'm here at the pleasure of my master. Sent to prepare the way for Tom. My master. Yeah. And he sent his children the locust vial. And he pull and the whole squad fucking pulls up. Oh my god, the same exact The creepiest villains ever. Yeah. Just gang up on the Hellions. And these things are strong as fuck. They're Ammonth Yeah, they're incredibly strong. Yeah, they're Ammonth mutants. So they're like mutants mixed with demons. They're so fucking creepy and strong. Uh, one of them points at Havoc and is like, you, I ate your mm. hands and choked on them. They were small, bitter things. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where this issue leaves off. Um, wow. I I really love this. I really love Hellions. It's kind of wild how it, like, my perspective on this series really changed um, from when it started to now. It's really grown up. The VGI. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, let's just let's just get that out the way. Certified VGI. Ah, eh, why not? I'll give it to this too. <laughs> yeah. Certified VGI. So, just to be clear, I don't know how you. I don't know if you have a specific criteria in your head when you when you when you give these your RGCs and VGIs, but for me, bro, it's one hundred percent. What did I enjoy the most this week? Mm-hmm. And I have my own reasons that shit can vary, but it's all about what, what was the most enjoyable. Yeah. And like you say all the time, bro, this is just a great read. I mean, the banter within, like, the, the, the plot, like, ah, there are times I'm just like, okay, Sinister, we get it, you know? But surprisingly, there are, like, they, they're able to put him in new situations where it's still funny. Yeah. Like, I'm not... Like, like this, like the interaction when he's like saying, like, bro, like, oh, we all died. We talking about, and then like to look at him, he's like, oh, you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't even know, bro. Yeah, Sinister is just hilarious in this series, uh, constantly. It's just so well written, and it has the best team dynamic of every of every X book. It does. Because even in the short time that it's been running, like these characters feel close, and there there's like little bits of development between like the little interactions. Everybody's getting a little bit of shine. Uh, I'm I, I really do enjoy Hellions. It is like low key one of the best X books out there. Um, and it, if you're if you're gonna read anyone, this is one of the ones that you should definitely pick up. Uh, the Locust Vial were really like eerie ass villains and i'm glad that they yeah they were really like we said really strong like i'm yeah yeah i thought they were they're like event worthy villains they're so fucking strong and they're mm-hmm. so creepy uh it's really cool that the hellions are gonna have an opportunity uh, to f- fight against them and it's not gonna be like you know manga specifically where everybody gets their battle against the locust vial yeah when I, yeah that but, would be lit though but you know what it's i think it's still gonna be entertaining because these characters are so weirdly realized for as early as the series has been going you know um i'm, I'm invested in everything that's going on uh 
So we're at, we're at, this is the 13th issue of it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, compared to certain series that have been going for like 20, like close to 30 now, it's like... Wow. It's interesting, huh? I thought Heroes was one of the first, but you're right. First, there was a... Fallen Angels came before this. Yeah, uh, Fallen Angels, X, uh, New Mutants, X-Force. Uh, they all came before Hellions, but... Yeah, Helen's is a great read. It's just entertaining. I think that's the thing. It's just entertaining. It's just a fun read. I never get bored by the dialogue. It's really fun, but that's all I got to say about it. Uh, I guess we should move on to our next X-Books. X-Force number 21. Uh, and we start off kind of with a fresh new arc. Uh, we The X-Force gets uh, a bit of uh, an alert from Sage that some kind of weird chemical waste plant has blown up and is having an effect on the sea life so and at some point it's going to come and affect krakoa so the x factor uh the x force are there to just kind of like stop that before it gets out of hand um we cut to this uh beach near the nuclear facility uh a a mutant killer whale comes to attack them but they are saved by what looks to be the man thing but a different looking man thing. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the X-Men, the, the X-Factor, oh, I keep fucking, uh, fucking up their name. X-Force seems to mistake the, uh, the man thing guy as, uh, as the threat, but he's actually a good guy. He, he was saving this fisherman and this, uh, this granddaughter and her and, and grandmother team thing, uh, from, from this evil killer whale. Um, so, you know, they they get reports like after that, the dust settles on that. Uh, they get reports from people all around the world where there are, I guess, these people of importance uh, just getting these gross plant based uh, weapons implanted into them and and being framed to cut ties with Krakoa and mutant kind yeah. in different um, ways. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. for it. Did you want to say something? No, I was just this. Yeah, this is X Force type shit. I I, re, I really feel bad for saying like, oh, it was the VGI is an X Force. This actually was a pretty. I, I like when X Force is like this. You know what I'm saying? When it's very like Pointel based, or you know, like like counterintelligence, yeah. or like uh, very uh, like espionage and secret. You know, I I, I like that stuff. For I don't sure. like when Beast is. <laughs> You know, subjugating an entire fucking country. Yeah, just being but Mr. Dick. Don't over care here. for that. Not my favorite either. Even he's kind of pleasant in this issue. Even though, like, Sage kind of... After they um, kind of, like, surmise what's happening, Beast is like, I would like to talk... Uh, I would like to study these things. And he's like, yeah, I know you would, you fucking snake ass. Yeah. Snake beast. Yeah, um, yeah, we bet. So after all this, uh, X Force kind of just tries to approach the Man Thing guy, you know, in a more peaceful manner this time. Now that they get a better idea that he's not the threat, that for whatever reason he's he's aware of what's happening, and he's trying to stop it. So they're trying to get him to help out. Um, they arrive at the swamp. Quentin Choir uh, traps him by pretending to be a boy of being attacked by wolves and capturing him in a psionic bear trap. Um, so, you know, Wolverine tries to talk him down after that didn't work. Um, and 
you know, man thing guy is not really having it up top until Wolverine kind of convinces him. It's like, hey, we know you're not the good guy. We, we know you're not the bad guy. We know you're trying to help the situation. Um, we can work together on this. The man thing comes down and he's like, I can't go back. In full English. I can't go back. <laughs> Much to my surprise. Yeah. And he's like, go back where? To Weapon Plus. Um, and I guess Weapon Plus is involved. They're, they're making like man thing things <laughs> uh, under the employ of Zeno, who has been kind of like the main villain of the X-Force books. Um, and I guess that's where this chapter ends, is that revealing that uh, Zeno was behind it the entire time, and these are meant to be, I guess, anti-mutant uh, soldiers to a degree. Uh, but, yeah, this was a fine issue of X-Force, uh, a fresh new arc. Uh, I, I have, it was fine. I don't really have a ton of things to say about it, uh, but it was kind of good. I, that's all I'll say. It's, it's, it's on the good side of X books this week. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Um, there's a lot of interesting details about the man thing. Um, I don't really care to go over it. I just actually wanted to know if you was really interested in any of that. I don't know much about saying. the man thing, um, but I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I think it's uh, relatively interesting. I don't think it's a bummer or anything. I'm like, this is cool. Uh, I also like the name man thing. I think it's a cool like old 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 timey comic book name yeah mm -hmm. but yeah cool bring it on uh all right next and fine let next but not least we have x-men number one uh it's a fresh new number one for x-men uh he uh jonathan hickman has left the title probably working on inferno at this point and uh we're getting some stuff from the uh from Jerry Duggan. I I think he writes uh, another title for X-Men. I'm not really sure what. But I think he wrote Cable. But I could be wrong. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Jerry Duggan's taking over. We have Pepe Larraz on pen pencils, which up off the top, art is fantastic. I mean, Pepe Larraz, no matter where he's at, love him. High praise. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we start off with this kind of explanation about this guy... Uh, this child genius, uh, a Nobel Prize winner, uh, the son of a Nobel Prize winner, and um, a Chinese fine, China, a Chinese uh, nuclear physicist, best in the land. Uh, and he was so smart, he graduated from MIT summa cum laude at age 13, which I feel like happens a lot in comics. There's just children who just graduate at like absurdly young ages. Um, there was the kid that um, actually recently i think in uh i don't know where he's from i think he's from europe mm -hmm. uh yeah this kid uh um got a bachelor's degree at age what, 12 or 13 mm -hmm. i literally just read about this anyway it happens yeah. in real life too yeah sure yeah. for sure um but yeah he was like a genius and you know he tried to create some stuff but his parents were shysty and <laughs> basically shorted his stock and left him penniless and disappeared. And I'm like, damn, his parents are cold. Um, but because they was mad. Yeah, they were just upset and jealous. But okay, yeah, they were jealous. Yeah, they was hating, hating ass. Uh, but you know, after five years of absence, he came 
roaring back as a different guy. He changed his name. Uh, he goes by Fei Long now, and uh, he he has a company of the same name, Fei Long. Um, he created a second IPO, which is supposed to be a planet-sized innovation in bi in uh, biology and climate science. Basically, he was trying to colonize <laughs> Mars. Uh -huh. About that. And then, right when he was ready to start, he figured it out. He was getting the shit. He was going to Mars. It was announced that Krakowin, that the Krakowin nation has just fully colonized Mars and made it planet Araco. Failure! <laughs> so, he's just watching the screen like, fuck. Wow. And he's been tight ever since, and now he has sworn vengeance on on Krakoa. Uh, Another scientist. It's always scientists, man. Always. Don't piss off scientists in comic book universes. It never works out. Why do people keep doing it? Uh, Especially if you're a mutant. Yeah. Um, we then cut back to uh, this park in New York where this giant... Uh, Treehouse is now living, uh, and it is the new headquarters of the X-Men, who have relocated onto New York. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cyclops is, uh, you know, just talking, vibing with the people of New York when um, when Ben Urich pulls up. And I'm like, hey, he's a Marvel guy. He shows up a lot. It's Ben Urich, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he tries to, you know, sure. he gets to know him. I don't think he's there really on official business until the end. Where they're just kind of chatting, talking about the treehouse, and then he exp he asks the question is like, one last thing, uh, Jumbo Carnation died. I wrote the story on his death, and now he's back, and I'm glad he's back. But how, fam? <laughs> and uh, Cyclops is like, <laughs> you. All right, see you later. So what you mean? <laughs> the same way all the other niggas come back, man. I don't think talking about. I think the resurrection <laughs> protocol is actually not known to the public. Yeah, that I, I'm pretty sure that's what they're implying, and I I did not know that. Yeah, I thought, I it, was thought it was common knowledge that they that they could resurrect people because Kitty Pride has come back in public like once, and there's people around who have died. I don't know, maybe maybe mutant affairs are not really publicized like that, you know, because like nobody would know what the X Force is doing, and those guys die like more than any other mutant, uh, but. I don't know. Um, you want to take over for here really quick? I got to turn on my light. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Let me actually take this off the charger. Yeah, basically, uh, Cyclops just like fucks off, goes back to Mars, meets up with Jean Grey. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to turn my light on now. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, so, little funny details, when he pulls up to me, Jean Grey, he gives her a kiss, knowing damn well, that ain't your girl, nigga, you share her. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know, exactly. Um, but it was cute, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, also, um, you know, I talked a lot of shit about that, no, I didn't talk a lot of shit, I wasn't very excited about the X-Men team, but then I was reminded in this panel that Sync is part of the team so is, oh, uh, you yeah. know the female Wolverine and I was like you know what I could dig this team man he yeah this was you know this, this is a cool little spot but they're just breaking down the uh the treehouse like the new little building um actually 
as soon as Polaris pulls up, I guess uh, Cyclops has to give her a tour, and we're getting the tour. Uh, oh, they got a nice little. Uh... Oh, they don't know what they're calling it the Blackbird or the Thunderbird. Yeah. Um, basically, what do they used to be called? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I... Is this the X Wing or something like That's that? That's what I, I thought know. it was. The X Wing. But... The Quinjet? No, the Quinjet is Avengers. Hmm. Um, yeah. but in any case, uh, it, it's also revealed that, uh, sync has, uh, synced up with forge and they're both working on this together. Um, forge basically kind of is the main designer behind this headquarters. Polaris shows up and Cyclops gives her the grand tour. Everybody has very equal rooms. It looks like, uh, you know, their rooms are all the same. Um, we get a little bit of a explanation page explaining, you know, how it was really put together. Um, and it was basically Emma Frost, you know, pulled out her checkbook and made a deal for their location and uh, existing structures were taken down overnight and Krakoa basically made their job 10 times easier by giving, by allowing them to grow or giving them some seeds to grow just their house essentially. Um, and Forge from there took over basically made it what it was with the help of sync um they also get a call from uh oh gene gray also senses that something's coming down from out of the sky and rogue is on hot pursuit just flying after it just like whoa this thing is crashing through buildings typical day in new york is just a giant alien meteor comes down fucks shit up um and they got a giant fucking alien to fight against in the very first issue um, so the X-Men all pull up together, uh, and the battle begins. I thought it was sick. They both, they all like, they take a moment to like, uh, retreat into this weird, um, metal shield ball thing that, uh, Polaris creates out of, uh, iron bars and stuff like construction, uh, iron. And they basically formulate a plan. Sync is still synced up with Forge, so he's like, wait a minute, I have an idea. Hmm. Wait, yeah, I got it. And, I, and it's a smart one, too. Brain blast. So you better listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Jay Neutron. Ooh, yeah, you came up with a... wasn't as deep as the llama bean, but it was no, still nice. I, hey, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to beat the llama bean. That was a, such a deep cut. <laughs> it was literally just the complete sheer luck it'll never happen again bro. we'll see Dad, don't sell yourself short. We'll no from from me like I, i'm so i hope for you you know i don't think it'll i think it, i used my one opportunity in life with that that was it that was <laughs> i think you got another one in you man i think you got this uh but yeah they all kind of like get their uh sync's idea telepathically wired into them and they all use their powers in conjunction to create literally a giant x-men mech uh, it's a pretty cool. <laughs> not what I expected it to look like, but it's kind of funny. It's funny. No, nope, not at all. It's funny looking, but it's actually dope as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. So, giant mutant mech battle with this giant alien thing. They start fighting it out. Uh, Cyclops can just essentially like send in a whole ass uh laser beam, like a highly a more like powered up version of it. Uh, the fight just continues. It's it's a cool fight. I mean, it's hard to they they create an opening for Wolverine to just shoot out, and 
slash this fucking thing from the inside. And um, during the during the meantime, Jean Grey gets a call from uh, Captain America and the Avengers and the Thing and the Fantastic Four, and they're like, "We're on our way to back you up." Um, so they all come in, but it's too late. The X Men basically finish the battle before the Avengers and the Fantastic Four get there. And one thing I do appreciate is that the these two teams are not there. Like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah. Looks like Krakow is trying to invade New York, but I like it. They get there and they're like, whew, you guys really saved our asses. They got, you know what? You really saved us a fucking pain in the ass. Thanks, guys. Um, I like that. It was cool. It's like the old days, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, I think that's the vibe they, you know, they're all for. Mm hmm. So, you know, everybody's like, yeah, X Men mutants are cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they keep the mech. It's kind of cool. It's like a lighthouse at the end of their um, at the uh, on the harbor of New York. It looks like. Uh, I I dig it. I think the Krakoan archipelago. Oh, I how, guess do you, how do you say it? Archipelago. Archipelago. The Atlantic could use a new lighthouse. So, I mean. Just we been... are on the Atlantic Ocean side, I guess, so it could still be New York. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, in any case, they have a huge mech now, and I'm kind of cool with it. Um, so basically, they, they study what this thing is, and it turns out like this weird alien robot that has two purposes to psionically destroy mammalian brains and to replicate itself using whatever they had on, it had on Earth. So they were like, whoa, what the fuck did this? And we cut over to those responsible. It was Game World, where I think we've been here before in the... What, weren't we here with the Fantastic Four X-Men crossover or something? Yeah, with the um, when they got those alien children. Yeah, yeah, I think this was... Oh, yeah, it was Fantastic Four in general. But yeah, they're basically like, ah... <laughs> these humans are fucking things up. So the I, I've, I'm here to propose a new game, defeat the Earthlings. So, yeah, I guess this alien world is coming for the X-Men, which is pretty cool. Um, we get a little post. Who's this guy with the red helmet? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that might have been the scientist dude. No. Maybe with just space armor on and stuff. Hmm. But it didn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But he seems to be prominent at some point um maybe he's like a, a villain for an arc that would be cool um but in any case we cut to this kind of like post credity type thing where uh, a human is born from this gross egg and he's like gross and slimy man uh, <laughs> and i guess he's being tested on his survivability um he dies and I, this is obvious this is like Phalong just doing s creepy science experiments uh, trying to f uh, figure out the process of how mutants are uh, resurrecting their dead because he's noticed that uh, Jumbo Carnation and it looks like Shinobi Shaw have been resurrected. Um, and we know Shinobi Shaw has been resurrected. That was like kind of a plot point in, in Marauders. But yeah, um, that's basically it. We get this one last thing. We've seen this guy before, this ad for a space lawyer. Uh <laughs> But this time it's different. It's basically like, has Arako caused you distress? And it's basically this like, uh, this hack lawyer being like, have you ever lived on Soul's fourth world? 
you may be entitled to compensation, like those old like commercials. Uh, so I think that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, they had this um before. I don't think it was an X Men though. New was mutants. it? Was it was a? What was it in? New Mutants, like the very oh, first issues the when mutants. they were in space and shit. Ah, okay. Okay. I think that's where they're from. Um. So yeah, that was X Men. Uh, man, I really liked this issue. It wasn't exactly really good. It was. It was very close to being a very good issue. Um, mostly because like it, it felt like a really well executed typical superhero comic. It's kind of nostalgic in a way, you know, um, and the art helps that out a lot. I think it's interesting. Um, I, I guess this is like kind of like the, the PR face of Krakoa is what these guys are supposed to be. Um, it's just to give Krakoa a, a good name in a way. But yeah, I like it. I don't know. It's just kind of a superhero book that felt like a superhero book. And not a lot of superhero books feel that way anymore. Yeah, they didn't feel like it was planting seeds for like a like put a dark tone. Yeah, it just felt like it was giving us the X Men. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can expect there being a great story coming out of this. Yeah, this was like an X Men comic that you know we couldn't read because that was a long time ago. You know, like like what we would have been coming up on reading the X Men when if we were reading it when we were younger. Um, I like it. Uh, definitely check it out. If there's any point you can jump onto the X Men, it's this X Men number one in particular. It feels very open to new folks. Uh, all you really need to know is that these X Men were specifically elected by the Krakoans to be, I guess, the superhero representation for the country. Um, yeah, but I think like the old ultimate motive is that they're supposed to. They're in a way a PR move, just being like, "Look how cool the Krakoa! This these guys are the heroes of Krakoa, and they've come to help you too." You know, it's interesting. Uh, I can't wait to see what what comes of it. Yeah, um, I I have the same feelings exactly, uh, and I do agree. I also feel like for new readers, they could just jump onto this, and I feel like this book will lead them naturally down whatever paths they want as far as like exploring the other X books or going back and finding out certain things. Like for example, you don't need to know about the X of Swords to read this X-Men. And I'm pretty sure whenever you do need that information, they will reference it and you could go ahead and check it for yourself. You know, all the American comics are like that. Yeah. But it's, I just think it's important to, to say that that's what, that's the vibe this feels like. Like, like Jonathan Hickman's X-Men felt like each X-Men book was setting up storylines in the various other books. Like It was like a almost a device where this really feels like it's just going to be a story and however it, cross o- it crosses over or vice versa, other series may cross over with it some way or some form. You know, but it's, I think it's going to be focused. Yeah, definitely feel that way too. Um, Yo, is this, is, this, uh, is this Avengers now? Is this... It gave me Avengers. Is this here is this like did all the, the all the, the creep shit happen already? All the like, all right, these are the things, and now this is the you know, yeah. Is this is this Captain America waking up like? Did my friends do something shiesty? <laughs> nah. Maybe. Anyway, what's up, Iron Man? Let's make this whole fucking Avengers. Yo, that was, 
So you guys had to remember, even if you read these issues, and you're just like, I don't see it. I don't know. You guys are overhyping it. What's going on? Hey, what's going you on? You have to understand, this nigga has a track record. <laughs> <laughs> you guys understand. Bro, Jonathan Hickman, like, I done already said this, bro. He's like Oda with this shit. Yo, yeah. he has his plan. He's going to execute it. Yeah, we're all it's just waiting for, the, for that one part where we're like, oh, this was in the very first X book and we missed it completely. But, yeah, I mean, those were all the X books. Honestly, a pretty solid week for the X books, all in all, um, where every one of them kind of hit to varying degrees, but none of them were bad. They were good. Um, fun, fun times. Uh, I guess, moving on, uh, we got a relaxed last American comic. We have Batman. Uh, number 110 uh, last we left off Batman was being it uh, was attack was like fighting against this peacemaker which is just like the first of an initiative that Saint Industries is trying to uh, implement in Gotham which is these hyper militarized uh, cyborg super powered police and uh, Batman's just fighting yeah. this dude uh, this guy used to be an Arkham Asylum guard and now he's just out here as the test run for these things. Uh, at that point, uh, they're noticing, like, everybody's trying, they're trying to get the uncollected, the Unsanity Collective. Uh, they're getting dragged in the news. Uh, Batman is continuing to fight. Montoya is like, this is a bad idea. You're, you're fucking, you're, you're giving St. Industries too much power. And the mayor's like, I had to do it. I needed this super militarized police in my town. See that fucking scarecrow in my house? <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, fuck that. Where was Batman? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nightwing pulls Nowhere. up. Nightwing's here, I guess. Uh, we don't. I don't think we see him again for the rest of this issue, but he is here. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> Great thing. The rest of this battle is literally the the most of this issue is basically this fight between um the uh the peacekeeper and Batman, and it's a little even. I mean, like Batman's not getting his ass kicked completely, but he is struggling. Um, and he manages to make a great escape when he calls over uh the Ghost Maker uh and does this whole cool skydiving scene where he tries to catch them. He tries to catch Batman and get him into his ship. Uh, and they retreat. It's cool. It's pretty sick. Uh, so I said, I'm not gonna arrest you, Batman. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> then I'm gonna take down your hippie friend. <laughs> Go to tell the world they killed you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this thing is crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, and he's also not a good guy as they talk about the Peacemaker and all his stuff, and, um, and Harley's like, oh, I know him. He's just some asshole who was a sadist and he's got insecurities in all the wrong places. He was a real dick in Ar Arkham. And Batman's like, well, he's a hero now because of what he did in A-Day. So, you know, it's going to be rough to take him down because he, I think people are just going to see him as a hero no matter what. And um, meanwhile, in the Unsanity Collective, everyone, everybody's trying to get their shit and go. But that's when they're intercepted by the Peacekeepers. And... Um, the Unsanity Collective Miracle Molly 
girl she surrenders immediately she's like i surrender we will all we we all will squeak is just a kid we won't resist uh we won't resist arrest and peacekeeper is just like we're getting met with armed resistance uh is it cool if we take down use lethal force to take down the terrorists known as the unsanity collective and <coughs> saint is like mm, yes request granted and that's where the issue ends uh yeah this was another good one man uh batman's been great and on top of that another great art book on top of that uh yeah this um this is a compelling story and great art this is you know it's batman you gotta do it right you gotta do it right i was just thinking about this earlier like i was i was reading through the pictures reading through the comic and i was like man i've been reading i've been reading batman for a minute Mm-hmm. They had different stories, and I know, like, niggas' grandfathers was reading Batman, too. <laughs> so, like, damn, man, they were making stories with this guy for a long time. But um, it just reminds me that it's not really about this man, but what, you know, the characters represent. Yeah. So that's why they're able to keep telling these stories with these same characters, because he's a tried and true Stories and and points to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been it's been a good read, honestly. I I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, this run on Batman. Batman's been consistently good for a long time, and I think D- it's because DC actually puts all their resources into Batman. Like the best oh. people usually get Batman. So uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about it. If you haven't been reading this run of Batman. Um, James Tinian, I think he is actually a disciple of Scott Snyder. So, you know, so it only makes sense that he understands Batman in in uh, in a good way, as well. But that's all I got to say about Batman. Um, you ready to move on, Josh? Uh, yeah. Then let's move back into our manga. Batman from Tokyo. Black Clover. We got two chapters of Black Clover today because uh, we're covering both chapters from last week and this week uh and we're starting with last week's chapter chapter 298 transluce oh wait trans oh transient life um last we left off at this point megicula has somewhat manifested out of vanica's body and she's basically just on her shoulder and <laughs> kind of like the frogs from naruto when they're when naruto goes stage mode he has both yeah. of them on the shoulder and i guess vanica's a heartless now so she's just perched up on her shoulder and uh explains that and uh noelle's like wait don't you need the gate to be here and she's like nah we could just pull up uh you know i can uh get through using uh malevolent femcantation so that's how she get through she she seems to be able to manifest herself through the people that she's cursed uh and having those people so close has kind of just made it so that she can escape. Uh, the battle continues onward from there because I guess uh, Megicula wastes no time. So, you know, they continue fighting. The other characters get involved. Uh, Rill and Rose try to do something, but I guess Megicula just yeets their shit very easily and stabs them all up with their blood thorn things. Um, meanwhile, Gaja comes in, uh, dodging all her attacks and he's like, 
I decided I would become the strongest offensive mage in the Heart Kingdom in order to destroy all our enemies. And as he gets closer to uh, Laura Pachika, uh, he hesitates because he's unable to hurt her, obviously. And she takes the advantage uh, and stabs him through the gut. uh, And that doesn't look great at all. So at that point, Noelle's spirit dive came undone. She separates from Undi. Yikes. And Megikula's like, you lose. And I'm like, damn. What happens next? Luckily, we have that. And that's where we move on. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's where we move on to chapter 299. Next week is 300. Uh, 299, the sound of the end. Um, And Megikula's like, now that your saint stage... Uh, has come undone. You've lost your only means of defeating me. This entire area is filled with my decaying world spell. No one can come save you. Fucking loser. Gaj is still alive despite the fact that he got he has a full ass hand through his belly. Uh, and that's why he's like, this won't hurt. Forgive me, Laura Pachika. And he uses his lightning magic Posaranta, uh, and Posaranta. and it stuns her body so he can do things. And he gets a little flashback to how, um, you know, he he got he was he got cursed and attacked by Megicula's attack. He couldn't stop, and that's where he got the scar is from Megicula itself. So, ah, nah, that explains everything. And he returns to Laura Pachika like, no, I, no apology could ever be enough. I am no longer fit to be a spirit guardian. And uh, Laura Pachika's like, agreed. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I'm still alive. You're, I, I'm, I'm here because of you, Gaja. And Gaja's like, it's not enough. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I failed. <laughs> Punish me. <laughs> <laughs> Punish me! Please get the spiked paddle. <laughs> he's like Mel Gibson from South Park. Don't use the flat side this time. <laughs> he's like he's like Mel Gibson from South Park. He's like my nipples. They hurt. They hurt when I kiss them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> You're gonna torture me, huh? Well, all right then. <laughs> Do your worst. Oh my god! So after I guess that, Gaja still is like, I really am unfit to be a spirit guardian. More than anything, I wanted to protect you, so I will destroy the devil who caused all this. And he goes straight for Megicula. And you think he's gonna use a Chidori because he's like got the rune going. He's like, yeah, my, my he got even his hand and they're spiked like ooh. But it's actually just a beam. <laughs> it's a big lightning beam, uh, ultimate lightning <laughs> magic. Uh, Apocalypse, Astura, Astranzua, whatever, man. It's a lot of words. You could have just made this light. Big- Apocalypse, Astrauza. Oh wow! Look at you. You did it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Uh, so he's just like dead in her face, just like ah, and Mag- and Magikyo's like, "Whoa, decaying world can't completely erase it." 
and she gets like I guess obliterated. It looks like as a straight line just goes through. Um, Noel gets closer to Gaja, and um, she notices that he's just standing there, just fucking scorched. Man, he's like a cinder at this point, all burnt up. Well, I guess it's because of the decaying world curse. But we do get a silhouette of this winged beast. So it, I guess it's uh, to be assumed that Megicula is totally fine. <laughs> uh, totally fine. I would say maybe this thing just forced her to really manifest prematurely. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, the same thing as Ishiki from Boruto where he's just like... Yeah. Yeah, in a somewhat weakened state because he wasn't supposed to mature at this this fast at this point. Uh, so maybe that's the thing, and that'll allow Noel to be strong enough to defeat her at this point, um, which would be cool. I mean, this is supposed to be Noel's fight anyway, so it would be. Yeah, it wouldn't be right if God just came in. Is just like now I'm worthy. <laughs> right, right, and as you said earlier, uh, they already gave that to Magna. It's uh, it's yeah, no more tertiary C D list characters <laughs> getting. More shine. It's only being above from here on out. Um, but yeah, those are the Black Clover chapters. Last week, Black Clover won really good chapter of the week audience poll. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Do I get it? Considering One Piece also came out last week. Uh sure. <laughs> uh, wh- why not? But hey, last chapter wasn't so bad. In any case, I, this chapter was cool. These two chapters were cool. Um, they were cool. They were cool. That's what I'll say. Yeah, they were cool. They were cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Black Clover's never not cool. It's just like, all right, <laughs> this is good. But in any case, that's all I got to say about Black Clover. It was a fun. It was a. It was a fun couple of reads. Uh, this chapter this week was pretty good as well. I imagine it's probably gonna. It probably would have won. Really good chapter of the week audience poll as well. But who knows? Probably. <laughs> In any case, I, I suppose we should move on to our next series. It's time to move on, I guess. <laughs> Bloody cross. Undead Unluck. Uh, we have two chapters of this as well, starting with Undead Unluck Chapter 70 Spring. Uh, we start off in this private jet because the Union got it like that. They just have a big-ass jet to themselves. Uh, and they're kind of discussing how they're going to get back Fuko, who has recently surrendered herself to the, to the uh, under group. Um, and they don't know what to do. Andy's just silent, thinking to himself what the next move yeah. is. Um, we cut over to under, and they're talking about uh, taking out Spring. Um, spring has already reached phase two and is making cherry blossoms bloom all over Tokyo and drinking heavily. Uh, Which, I I mean, mean, pretty chill, I guess. I mean, honestly, compared to the other UMAs, what's wrong with this guy? (laughs) Yeah, the autumn was this nasty beetle thing that was, what, slashing people open and eating the storybooks? No, 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 they turned it. It was weird. It turns people into books. And then I guess it eats them. So he was murdered. It, I mean, yes. <laughs> I guess right. I, I would imagine if you turn someone into a book, they'd be dead. Yeah, you're not living anymore. And then he eats it. So, I mean, even if you were some for some reason a sentient book, 
<laughs> you're dead. Right. Yeah. So, right. Asshole. Right. Um, winter was just nice. Right. Winter. Winter. Uh, you already know. He, he was. He, no one likes winter anyway. Yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. Complete Summer. asshole is going to kill everything on the planet. So, Summer was yeah. a big bomb centipede. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to blow shit up. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably calm, kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Major asshole as well. Um, the spring? Pretty chill. Cool guy. He said he's drinking heavily at this point. Like, was that supposed to be a warning? Like, oh man. Yeah. Get lit. <laughs> yeah. Um so Billy just turns over to one of the to the stitches guy and is like, launch the nuke. And he's like, Hell yeah. Uh and uh Fuko is like, Did you say nuke? You can't be serious. There's what about the people of Tokyo? And Billy is just like, it's only ten. And million. I'm not from Tokyo, nigga. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said it's just ten million people. Who cares? Oh uh, God! And, and just, that is fucking crazy. Like, why? That really sensitive. This the the manga is really uh really uh I don't know, man. Kind of kind of cut deep there. Yeah. You would think that he would know better, but I don't know. Yeah. Um Whatever. we get revealed that the stitches guy, his uh negation is undecrease. And I'm like, what does that even mean? What is that? <laughs> uh Oh, undecreased, meaning more. No oh, you never run out. I guess. never never run out, you know, never decrease, undecrease. I guess, but I mean, well, it's a negate, right? It's 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 the negate, not to add on. So instead of looking at it like, oh, he continuously replenishes, or you know what I'm saying, he just never runs out. I think that's the best way to look at it. I mean, we'll obviously get how it works later on, but yeah, he sends a nuke over. Spring peeps this nuke, and is like, how uncouth, trying to how uncouth. Trying to interrupt my spring cherry blossom viewing, aren't you? Well, I've got some time before the booze kicks in, so before it does. <laughs> spring look, my- look at how he's holding a yak right now. So I think it's swagged out, yo. Dude, spring rules. Hey, you see the yak? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and he, t- he pulls out dice. And I was like, what is he going to, he's going to play dice right now? He's like, he's about to shoot some dice. <laughs> he says, if I, get blown up. if I win, I take the nuke. And then he just rolls the dice in this cup and he says, come on, even. And I guess the, the dice come out his way. And he's like, jackpot, luck shines upon me. And the nuke just sidesteps him and becomes a dud on the ground. Uh, it does not detonate. Uh, so everybody's, and, uh, Andy's like, this is it. Uh, I'm pretty sure what happened was the de- was the result of shaking those dice shape artifacts. And apparently, he's a UMA who can use artifacts. So, at that point, uh, Andy puts together is like, okay, Fuko's the only thing that could beat this guy. Um, and we cut over to Billy, who's like, damn. <laughs> mm, I see. Mm. <laughs> well, no harm, no foul, I guess. Uh, almost genocide. <laughs> uh, and basically they figure that the dice have a lot to do with luck. You know, uh, 
it's a luck uh, artifact, so they're going to have to defeat it with, obviously, Fuko, who is the unluck negator. So, yeah, they she goes off. and she, Makes sense. She volunteers I actually herself. did not put two and two together when I first read it. Mm. And I'm very disappointed myself for that. Yeah. I guess I was speed reading. That's I really, I really didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's Fuko versus Spring. And the chapter ends in a two-page spread uh, where Andy also puts that together. And Spring is just vibing, still drinking, still drinking his sake. Uh, very cool. It's probably my favorite UMA to this series so far is Spring. Um, yeah. He, he, he rules pretty hard. But uh, with that, we move on to Undead Unluck chapter 71, to Love. And M- Fuko's reading her manga, which has been a pivotal part of this series. Uh, and... she's basically explaining that she's reading this manga so that she can uh love spring learn to love spring and thus deliver stronger strokes of unluck um and she's basically like you can't fall in love with the uma and she's like you never know i'll probably i could probably fall in love with him uh yeah i fell in love with andy and he's uh he's uh you know he's a corpse he's fifty thousand times my senior uh Let's not rehash. Yo, we went in on these niggas. Let's <laughs> tell you, uh, on, on the run back, uh, you know, just, just listening to that show, I was like, oh my God. We still love the series. Uh, but in any case, she asked Lotla, uh, what do you think love is? Um, I mean, like, because she assumes like the rest of us. She's like, uh, well, you're far more experienced. Like you and uh, you and Rip are, are like together. Right. And she's like, nah, we're not together. He's a partner. He's a friend more than a lover. Um, and yeah, you know, they're just not together. And um, basically, Fuko thanks her for. Uh, protecting her from the undecree sky way back when she first got to under. Uh, and yeah, things go down. Uh, they're about to start moving. And we realize the the way they get, uh, the way they stay mobile is that they seem to summon this giant killer whale that moves their headquarters around underwater. Uh, pretty unique, I guess. Uh, it's pretty wild, honestly. And um, that was pretty cool. He's a giant orca UMA. So is he the UMA? Is he the rule of orcas? <laughs> is this the very concept of orcas? That there's. I mean, they are the largest uh, creatures on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's basically how they've been able to get around and not be detected is that they fucking hang out inside this giant killer whale. Um, so they still got time before they start to uh, raid on spring. So they have Fuko basically has until Christmas Eve to train her unluck and be able to beat spring down the road. Um, as she reads this manga and she's getting more, uh, she's like thinking on what she needs to do. She needs to uncover Billy's true intentions, find a way to contact union and tell them the hideout, the location of the hideout and the raid date and to evolve the unlock. (laughs) And reading the manga, she realizes that like the feelings that are in the manga, she feels those same things for Andy. She officially declares that she is in love with Andy. 
Um, is that the, that was the official declaration? I thought we had we did that already. She, I don't think she really said like I love you, or I or she's really like. I guess this is more of a confirmation because maybe she realized it earlier, but she's like, yeah, this is real. This is a real feeling. Um, and she's like, man, I wonder what he would say to that. And a voice pulls up that says, you want to know? And I'm like, is Apocalypse there? Because this is the same bubble from Apocalypse. But it's not Apocalypse. Yeah. It's actually a watch. A watch that turns out to be clothy. Uh, the UMA known as clothes. Uh, that was captured way back early in the series. And has just been Andy's suit for <laughs> a lot of the series. Um, apparently, he can also transform himself into a watch. And uh, and Andy has like basically snuck her on it, snuck it on him uh, when nobody was looking. It was pretty cool, pretty smart. Um, but yeah, Probably. they they come together and they're like they're gonna do the first thing, which is to communicate and tell Andy the date of the raid on Spring, and that's where the chapter ends. Uh, so I guess in theory we're gonna get a little bit of a training arc with Fuko. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, Fuko. That's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, it's cool to have Fuko have her own little agency throughout the story. She's more of a support character than an actual fighter, and maybe this will turn her around a little bit. Made her maybe. I like the idea of using bad luck as a weapon. I guess as a superpower. I think that'd be interesting in a manga form. I, I can't wait to yeah, see. It's really that. unique. Yeah. I can't wait to see what they do with it, but yeah, overall, good chapters of Undead Unluck. It's, it's this is a series that gets better and better as it goes. Uh, I, I'm very much enjoying it. I, I feel like uh, it's in a safe zone where it can develop on its own pace now, and it's really just taking its time. Uh, and I yeah, I appreciate that. But that's all I got to say about Undead Unluck. You got any thoughts before before we go, Josh? Nah, man, you said it perfectly. I'm looking forward to a potential training arc for Fuko, and I want to see more of Under, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I, no, like I, I'm, I, I like the place, the pace that it did feel like it was kind of rushy uh, uh, not too long ago, but now I feel like they're going to settle in. Yeah, agreed. So. But, you know, with that being said, that was Undead Unluck. And that has been our show. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinal at JD Cole underscore 37. Follow Brian at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, participate in the re- weekly really good chapter of the week poll. That would be pretty cool. Do that. Uh, like, subscribe on our YouTube channel. If you prefer audio versions, audio podcasts, we're pretty much on every platform you could think about. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Me- Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're likely on there. So find us. Uh, if you have any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about, comment under any video on our YouTube channel or email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Uh, that would be pretty fire. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know the exact timing of the next episode. Uh, we'll, probably, uh, yeah. we'll probably be back next Thursday. Not this maybe coming Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Th- oh, you mean next? I mean, it's, wait, on, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we'll probably be back on Thursday to do an American comic episode because we did all the manga this week, but, oh, yeah. but we'll do like a short little, uh, 
X-Men whatever comes out of DC episode. Uh, a quick drop for you guys. And then we'll be back to normal next, the week after on Thursdays. Uh, so, yeah. With that being said, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace out, guys. <laughs>